Welcome to Highly Sensitive, Happily Married, the podcast that teaches you to not only have an easier marriage as a sensitive woman, but to have one that feels more amazing by the day, where you'll hear relatable stories, love advice that works, and coaching on how to have a marriage where feeling upset and disconnected is a thing of the past, and where instead, a sense of loving connection and even fun and lightness is the norm. I'm Hannah Brooks, highly sensitive person, love expert, and marriage coach, and I'm so happy to be on this journey with you. Hello, hello, my beloved listeners. I have missed being here with you. It's been a good six weeks since I last offered you all a new episode, and that was very intentional. If you missed last episode, I made a very conscious choice to spend a little time on the down low to give my whole mind, body, heart system a little well-needed rest. So I was only working part-time during these last six weeks. Of course, I was coaching my beloved clients in both my one-on-one and group formats. And uh, But I was just not spending any time creating new things for you all. And it gave me this beautiful chance to rest, but also get all these downloads of things I want to offer you and ideas for um, podcasts and uh, workshops that I want to do, all sorts of fun things that will be coming to you in the coming months. So perhaps I'll share more about what it was like to give myself this break of six weeks uh, in future episodes. But today I have a lot I want to share with you. So we're just going to dive in. Are you ready? So good news from the last episode. I I shared it in that episode, but I want to expand on it today. So hear this. Your wants and needs, both, can be met in your relationship. Part of getting that to happen, though, is understanding the difference between a want and a need which we defined in detail in the last episode. So before you go any further today, the last episode, uh, episode 96, about wants and needs, that is required listening before you proceed in today, into today's, listening to today's episode. This one today just isn't going to make a whole lot of sense without listening to the last episode. So go back and have a listen to that one before proceeding to this one, where we are going to talk about getting your wants met. We talked more about needs last time. We're going to talk more about getting your wants met in your relationship, both the little ones and the bigger ones, which is what I call non-negotiable wants. We're going to define that more in depth in a little bit. And also today, as part of this, I want to share a personal story about a hard time that my husband and I went through this summer and how part of that hard time had to do with me confusing my wants and needs (laughs) myself right I did that so this can be easy to confuse um 
and how powerful this was. I want to share about how powerful it was to come back to remembering the difference, right? What was a want? What was a need? And whose job it is or was <laughs> to meet those for me? And how how understanding that <clears throat> helped me get my non-negotiable wants met and will continue to into the future, which I'll share as we uh, move through this episode. Because of course, we want to have our needs met in our relationship. Like that's really, really, really important, right? And at least some of our wants met. And you can have that. Maybe not all of your wants, but enough. And you can definitely get your needs met. Okay, so that's again what we talked about last time, getting your needs met. You must go listen to that episode before you continue listening to this one. Or it just won't, this just won't make sense and it might really confuse you in a very unuseful way. <laughs> now, I want to highlight that getting your needs met is essential, your needs, okay? But remember, you're not necessarily going to get them all met the way you want or prefer. Okay, but do make sure you get them met. And, you know, I'm going to weave a little bit of this into today's episode, but um, a lot of that getting your needs met is going to be coming from you, not from your partner. So I want you to recall from last episode, your needs are the emotions you want to feel. You need to feel to thrive. In a, in a relationship and in life, right? Like love, comfort, peace, connection, mattering, right? Significance, I sometimes call that. Uh, supported, right? There's And there's other ones, right? But those are really the needs. We, we have emotional needs as humans, yeah? And those are them. That's the essence of them. But your wants, your wants are the preferred path by which you get those emotions, Right, the way that you arrive at feeling loved or like you matter or like you're supported. Right? And there are many routes to getting there. Right? And some of the primary routes are the are have to do with how you are thinking and perceiving and supporting your nervous system. Right? These are these are ways you have power once you learn how to be in charge of those things inside of you. That's how you can bring your own self, your own emotional needs. All right, so you can get those needs met by yourself and you can also get them met by the world or the community that you're in, right? And you don't always have to depend on your partner to meet them for you. This is the best news in the world for our relationships. <laughs> and another thing here is that plenty of times our partner will want to meet our needs or will just naturally meet our needs for us those emotional needs right like my husband for example is really good at spontaneous affection it's lovely it makes me feel loved right it brings those emotions to me <laughs> uh and my clients for example like like so, and sometimes not until after working with me. I do want to make that clear. Um, but my clients' partners have been known to write them love notes, or cook them special dinners, or buy them flowers, and 
have long, open, loving talks about the relationship, right? All these things that we love, right? So, so often as women. Um, and, and these are all um, sort of ways that their partner is meeting the emotional needs of my client, of their partner. And we might call those meeting their wants as well. Uh, but often our partner all of our partners, <laughs> won't want to or not be capable in the moment of meeting those wants or needs, right? Certainly not all the time. Like there's no way that my husband is always wanting to meet my emotional needs and my wants, right? Because he's got his own that he's attending to. Sometimes not even capable of that, right? Like we're, like they're not, our partners aren't always capable of meeting their own wants and needs. So it's to expect them to be able to do that for us, <laughs> when they can't even do it for themselves is, is really asking uh, an unreasonable amount, honestly. Now, you may want to feel loved, for example, by hearing your partner tell you that he loves you, right? Or f- for by him doing something that signifies to you that he loves you, right? Like again, maybe it's cooking you dinner, right? Maybe that would make you really uh, feel loved. And you may want that, right? And you are absolutely allowed to want your partner to do those things, like totally, right? But again, if and when he won't or can't, it's really important that you, to, for you to understand that you really don't have to live without the emotions you need to feel in your relationship, right? It's really important for you to understand you don't have to live without feeling loved, right? Even if he he can't do the things you want. Yeah. But, and this is what I want to get into a little bit, is you can create the best environment for him to sort of deliver on those wants, right? You can set the stage so that you give him the best chance to actually deliver on your wants. Fun, fun, right? Very nice. And part of that is you can decide what you simply are unwilling to live without, which is what I call a non-negotiable want. Again, we're going to dive more deeply into non-negotiable wants in a few minutes or a little while. (laughs) Uh, But let's let's talk about first uh, what's required to have not just your needs, met, but also your wants met in your relationship, right? Now let's remember, the needs are the essential thing. The wants are like the cherry on top, (laughs) right? But I want you to have the cherry on top sometimes, yeah? So here are the two things that are required in you, by you, to be able to get both of those. The first one is whether it's a need you are meeting for yourself or a want or a non-negotiable want you are wanting your partner to meet, you will need to be important to yourself. You will need to value yourself deeply, to know yourself as deeply worthy. So that's the first really primary important things, 
right? If your emotional needs and wants aren't being met in your relationship, this is the first place to shift to start getting those needs and wants met. We're going to talk more about this in a minute. The second thing that's required to have your wants and needs met is for you to know the difference between your emotional needs and your wants and desires. I I just talked a tiny bit about that, but last episode goes into depth and makes that super clear, right? So that's what we talked about last episode. But you're also going to want to know the difference between your, your wants and needs and your non-negotiable wants, which is what we're going to dive into soon. So I'm going to say a few more words about the first thing, which was being important to yourself, right? That deep self-worth. And then we're going to dive into non-negotiable wants after that. But first, before any of that, I want to share a personal story, my personal story to help with all of this, to kind of put this uh, into some context, uh, give you a good example. So, like I said, this summer, my husband and I went through a couple-week period that was probably the worst <laughs> in our relationship. And, you know, I, I it really had to do, in large part, I'm not going to, like, it wasn't all me and never is all us, right? There's always, like, stuff going on from both ends when some things get real hard, right? But it really had to do with uh, me getting confused about my wants and needs, like what the difference was. Um, and that really that really made, made my experience of the marriage really hard for a couple of weeks. So what happened was I was really overwhelmed and stressed. And I just hadn't even realized it. Now, I won't give you all the reasons why. We had had a, a long stay of my some of my favorite people in the world, but they were staying with us for multiple weeks. And uh, it was summer, so the kids were around. Uh, just there was a lot going on uh, for me and inside me and externally around me. And you know how that is as a sensitive person, right? And so my system was really buzzed. It was really overwhelmed. And I don't think I was even super aware of how how overwhelmed I was. So when my husband started uh, insisting on doing all these trips and adventures over the weekends, etc. I really couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't see clearly. I couldn't think really clearly. Um, and so I, what happened was I started basically telling him I needed him to prioritize my well-being by being home more, like that I, I couldn't handle him going off so much. Um, and ultimately, I think looking back, what started happening was I was kind of getting into that mode of like, what happens when we think it's, it's, it's some, we need our partner to do something, right? I was kind of getting demanding and getting really worked up about it, right? Because I really felt like I needed him to stay home or, or not be doing so much and going off so much. Now, my husband was really attached to these trips, and again, I'm not going to get into too many details about why there was a lot to it, but part of it honestly had to do with his father being sick and then passing away. And some of it had to do with fun, <laughs> just wanting to have fun. So he was super resistant to staying home <laughs> and, you know, having a more mellow schedule. And he actually got angry and felt controlled as I was kind of getting all confused and sort of telling him, this is what I needed. And etc. Right? You kind of get the picture. 
And he was actually, because he was getting felt was feeling controlled and getting angry, he was like way less willing to work with me to figure things out. Right? Because how of how intense I was being about it. So needless to say, it was not pretty. Yeah, like I said, it was one of the hardest, probably the hardest times, like period of time we've ever had together. So after I did some work on my side of the street, which as you know, that's really only the, the side of the street that that ever is effective to do work on, right? I was kind of trying, as you can see from this example, I was kind of trying to do work on his side of the street that just backfired like it always does. <laughs> so as I started to work on my side of the street, like I slowed down, got really conscious about what was going on for myself. I realized I was actually not meeting my own need. It wasn't so much he wasn't meeting my need. He wasn't meeting my want. I was not meeting my own need, which was for decompression, for peace, right? That's really what it was, for peace, for calm inside of me, for, uh, for safety inside of me, instead of this overwhelm and stress, right? So I, like, I needed to be giving myself more decompression time and more time to chill out and more emotional uh, guidance, right? Guiding myself back to peace, right? That was not a need that he needed to fulfill for me. It was one I needed to fulfill for myself. And there were ways I could do that. Yeah? And I was important enough to myself, tying it back to being important to ourselves, right? I valued myself enough to actually do that. To get to work to bring myself back to peace and calm, right? I valued myself enough for sure to to make the effort to do that. So I'll tell you more, I'll tell you more about this and how we worked about, worked through it and what I learned that's made things even better for us between us now, like better than it even used to be, right? But first let's talk about why this is valuing ourselves, being important to ourselves matters so much so that you can begin valuing yourself more, right? And you'll hear me start using different terms here. I like to use the term being important to yourself, valuing yourself, having deep self-worth kind of means the same thing, at least as I'm using those terms right now. So let's get into why being important to yourself or self-valuing matters when it comes to wants and needs, and getting them met, right? Because it's so foundational to having your needs and wants met. All right, so when you value yourself deeply enough, it's natural that you tend to what you want and need, right? That you make both your wants and your needs happen for yourself. That you meet your own emotional needs And you share them or request your wants from your partner, right? That's the primary way we get our wants met from our partner. We ask. (laughs) We tell him what we want and we ask for them, yeah? When you value yourself, basically this all means you get to work to bring those wants and needs into your life, right? It's that simple, which is what I was just saying about my experience this summer, 
right? As soon as I saw what was going on, I was like, oh, duh. (laughs) And I valued myself enough to be like, oh, bringing that to myself, right? Also, when you value yourself deeply, when you're really important to yourself, not in a snobby way, not in a like arrogant way, no, but in a healthy way, I matter to myself. I love myself. I'm worthy, right? When we have that deeply, you no longer feel the need to call wants needs in order to get them met, which is a mistake that makes it harder to get them met, as we talked about last time. So if you don't understand, go back and listen to the last episode because it really backfires when we think of our wants as needs. And I I went into depth about that last episode. And I'm not going to repeat myself here because there's so much good stuff on that in the last episode. So valuing yourself, feeling worthy of your wants matters. And your needs, of course, but I'm going to talk more about wants, right? Feeling worthy of your wants matter, matters. <laughs> and for highly sensitive women in particular, it can be hard to feel worthy of them. And I want to share just a little bit about why this is the case. So first off, as HSPs in general, we can tend to feel kind of less than or not normal or like something is wrong with us. And that's really because we've grown up in a world where we've been told we're too sensitive, right? Many of you will have been told once or a bazillion times that you are too sensitive. Or maybe you've just noticed yourself that you're, you're, you're different than the norm right? I mean, that's a very common experience for sensitive people. We are different than the norm. We, we see ourselves differently. Well, we are different, right? We are more sensitive in all sorts of beautiful ways. Um, and But the thing is, oftentimes in our culture, different still equals bad, right? So whether we think that's true or not, most of us have internalized this message, right? Different is bad and we're different, so we're bad on some level, right? Most of us have internalized that to some degree. And not having really high self-esteem, high self-worth, not super valuing ourselves is also part of, of patriarchal conditioning. So it's part of how we as women have been socialized, right? Basically, we've gotten the message as well that others matter more than us. Our kids, our, par- our parents, <laughs> our husbands, right? Whoever. Other people matter more than us as the woman, right? We've gotten the message, it's good to please others over ourselves. And it's not good to think highly of yourself. Almost all of my clients have had that concern when we start talking about self-worth. It's like, well, but it's not good to feel good about ourselves. It's not good to think highly of ourselves. Okay, well, that's a mistake, misunderstanding, but it is a message that we get. It's very good to think well of ourselves. It's so important, right? But anyway, we get the message that it's not good. It's not safe to think well of ourselves. That keeps us not feeling great about ourselves. You see that? Okay, so that's some of the reasons it's hard for us as highly sensitive women to deeply value ourselves. 
But the thing is, our low self-evaluing is one of the reasons, I said this last week, that we call our wants needs and make this big mess in our marriage. So I want to highlight this again. This little piece is really important. We tend to call our wants and needs because it takes less self-worth, less self-belief, less empowerment, less self-valuing to call our wants needs, right? When our self-valuing or our self-worth isn't so strong, it's easier to say, this is a need I have in my relationship. I have a need for you to tell me you love me every day. Making this up, right? (laughs) If it's a need, right? If we think it's a need, then someone else must meet it, right? Because you can't live without it if it's a need. You're, You're desperate if it's a need, right? And if you're desperate, they will finally get it, this other person, and finally provide it. Right? This is sort of the, the, the unconscious psychology behind behind calling wants needs. Right? It's like you need it. So it's easier to speak up about it, right? Because it's like a matter of life and death. But if you simply want it, you don't need it. It's not actually a matter of life and death. You just want it. Right? It doesn't feel as serious or desperate. So that means it requires you to value yourself so much that you know you are worthy of that want being given, that you know you are worthy of getting, of having that want. So it takes a lot of worth to frame it, to understand it as a want to be told I love you every day, for example, right? Not a need. So in other words, let me put this one other way. You may shrug off owning what you want as a want because you don't believe you are worthy of that want unless you call it a need. So if that's going on for you, it's okay. It's pretty normal. But I want you to check in with your level of self-worth. Or if you tend to feel guilty when you think about asking for something from your partner, from a friend, from a parent, check your self-worth. I'm going to say this all one more time, a slightly different way, just to really hope that at this point is getting through. Using the term need is kind of like a way of letting yourself off the hook of standing proud and firm in what you want. Using the term need is for those of us who don't yet value ourselves enough to have no doubt that we have a right to ask for it with zero guilt. So this may be you if you tend towards overcare and people-pleasing. Very likely you. And again, most of us women and highly sensitive people simply haven't been taught how to value ourselves and be on our own side in such a fiercely loving way as to be able to claim our desires in love as wants. But you can learn to love and value yourself enough to allow yourself to want what you want. Yes, you can. (laughs) 
And you'll no longer need to feel that need to call them needs to actually get what you want. Yeah, that's pretty powerful, huh? So let's build up that self-valuing, that being important to yourself, that worthiness right now. You, my beautiful, dear friend, are worthy of having what you want. You have the right to be spoken to compassionately, to be listened to deeply, to be told you are beautiful and loved, or whatever you'd really like to happen in your marriage. You have a right to this simply because you are human. You have permission to want and have all of that. If you want any of these things and more, that is enough reason to have them. That is enough reason just that you want them. You are worthy of having the things you most want simply because you want them just for the joy of it. You have a right simply by being alive to have the joy of having those wants met. Yes. (sighs) Let that sink in. So for me, this summer, I had to simply remember that even if it wasn't important to my husband to give me the time to chill out at home, it was important to me. I was so important to myself to give it to myself, that chill out, right? I saw that the need that I had was feeling calm and centered again, right? Instead of super overwhelmed and off kilter as I had been feeling. And so I made that happen for myself. I consciously took the time to guide myself back to that true, calm, safe, peaceful land inside of myself, right? Emotionally. And it was so empowering to remember that it wasn't actually his job to do that. It was mine to make sure that I created that for myself. And this, of course, just this this realization made it possible for me to actually meet that need, right? And so I didn't need to try to get my very unwilling at the moment husband to meet that need for me. (laughs) Yes. I got to let him just be him and go through whatever he was going through, which was a lot, right? And in a little bit, I'm going to tell you how all of this made it possible to take the next steps um, and for me to get more of my wants around this in my marriage. And I trust that that's going to keep happening into the future. So I'll tell you a bit about that in a minute. But for now, knowing that you are worthy of wanting what you want will truly make you way more effective than ever at calling your wants into your life and into your marriage, right? At getting them. Now, if your self-worth or self-valuing is low, which again, it's normal for it to be (laughs) as a highly sensitive woman, I want you to check out a few of my podcast episodes. Specifically, uh, it's like the sensitive revolution, I think it's called, uh, episode 46. So take this note down. 
two episodes that are kind of a pair of episodes, episode 34 and 35. They're about self-worth and uh, insourcing validation. So that's kind of like valuing yourself, right? Super good ones. And a more recent episode, it's called Loving Yourself to More Love in Your Marriage, Seven Keys. That's episode 89. All of these are super relevant. There are plenty more in this, uh, in my podcast that are relevant, but those are some great ones to go to right now to help you begin to really build up your self-worth so you can have more of what you want and more of what you need in your marriage. So foundational. Don't skip this work. It'll make everything else harder. This is also, of course, work I do deeply with my clients. So if you know this is a place you could grow and you want your relationship to feel so much more uh, fulfilling, yummy, (laughs) come coach with me. It's my favorite work and so powerfully transformative for my clients. I do have some openings right now for one-on-one again. Just a a few rare openings are available. So if that's of interest to you, absolutely hit me up. But let's do a little experiment, right? Right now, like like, so I can give you a little taste of feeling this self-worth right now and how it affects uh, wants and needs getting met. So I want you to think about something that you have thought that you need from your partner in the past. And I'm going to, I recommend pausing this to think of that if it doesn't come right away. Once you have that thing, (laughs) I want you to notice how your body feels. Yes, your body, how your emotions are when you think, I need it. I need him to do X, Y, Z. And again, pause if you need a minute to notice. Most of us will feel kind of graspy, tense, urgent, needy, maybe even kind of angry. We're going to have this kind of like claws out. (laughs) Or one of my clients and I played with the idea of it being like octopusy, tentacly, right? Energy. I need it. Now, I want you to reframe it as a want, this thing that you thought you needed from your partner. Not a need, it's a want, something you want. And I want you to say to yourself, this is something that I deeply want. And I value myself enough to give it to myself or work to create it in my life. Ask for it, for example. This is something I deeply want and I value myself enough to get to work to bring it into my life. I want you to notice how that feels. Really different than graspy, intense, and urgent, and needy. Yeah? I wonder how that feels. Maybe you could label a few, like, like label a few of those emotions. I'd be curious. I know for me, it feels so much more empowering. I feel like I'm standing on like solid ground. I feel confident. I feel like good and motivated to bring that into my life. Yeah? So which one between these two feelings 
when you're calling it a need or when you recognize it as, as a want that you're worthy of, which one feels more empowering and stronger and ultimately more loving to yourself, which leads to you feeling more creative, lighter, and more confident and bold, which has you feeling and being more how you want to. Whichever one you answer, that's the state of being that will allow you to invite in the things you want in your love life. And I can almost guarantee all of you chose the second state of being, right? When you're recognizing it's a want and you're valuing yourself deeply enough to bring it into your life, to work for it, to get going, to make that happen for yourself. Yeah. All right. So let's be clear here. You will be happiest in your marriage if you learn to meet your basic emotional needs, as we talked about last time in depth, and you clarify and ask for your wants and stand up for your non-negotiable wants. So I teach my clients to provide their emotional needs deeply for themselves. You hear me talking about this all the time. I I refer to it as emotional sovereignty or agency, insourcing our emotions, right? This is very, very much at the heart of the work my clients and I do. So they always know how to feel safe, at ease, loved, loving, valued, treasured, no matter what their partner is or isn't doing, right? And they can always effectively ask for and influence their partner to want to meet their wants, both negotiable and non-negotiable, right? So that's so powerful. And you will absolutely be happiest in your marriage when you learn how to do that, all of that. So let's talk about what those are, though, those non-negotiable wants. A non-negotiable want is a desire you do not want to live without. So an example in your marriage, right? A desire that you have in your marriage that you don't want to live without might be having a baby, having a family. Maybe it's uh, having a certain amount of travel be part of your life or having a certain career or a certain career path or living somewhere specific, having a certain lifestyle, having a partner who wants to grow in certain ways alongside you or a partner who says kind things to you or is uh, you know affectionate or something right these are wants that you can have these are wants that you can decide are non-negotiable but of course having them be non-negotiable takes responsibility on your part so it can mean uh you know getting to work to bring them alive in your marriage like for example making requests to get them met now I have a podcast episode so good that's so good for making requests. I want to point you to that one. This is going to be the really primary way to get your negotiable and non-negotiable wants met. That is episode 30, two highly effective ways to ask for and get what you want. So check that one out. Learn how to make requests going to be really powerful for bringing things you want into your marriage but here is the thing your partner like i've said may not want that non-negotiable want he may not want to meet it he may not want a family as an example 
This summer, as you might have caught, my husband did not want to meet what I was thinking of at the time as a need that he needed to meet. But remember, I was confused (laughs) because what I was needing was actually a need, which means it wasn't something I needed him to meet. It was something I needed to meet for myself, right? But it made me realize that having time to unwind and just be together at home with my partner, right, instead of go, go, going all the time, was a non-negotiable want in my marriage, right? As I sat back and reflected on all of this, what I saw was it wasn't a a need, it was a non-negotiable want. The need was the peace and calm. The non-negotiable want was time with him at home. And once I got clear about that, I was able to ask him to make that a priority in our lives together. And he was able to choose to make that happen for me, for us. And now he is so much better at planning, at not planning too much, at not trying to squeeze all the things in, at making sure he and I have chill time at home regularly together. And this feels so good. Mm. So you see how understanding the differences here between wants and needs and non-negotiable wants is really powerful. Yeah? And I want you to hear this about non-negotiable wants. Having them can mean you will choose to not be with the partner that you're with if they won't or are unable to fulfill those wants. So in this example, if my husband had said when I eventually expressed my non-negotiable want, if he had said, no, I have no interest in slowing down ever. I always want to be go, go, going. I would have likely decided this is not a marriage I want anymore. I don't want to have a frantic pace in my marriage forever. Right? Maybe the, the, the negotiable part might have been like, well, yeah, obviously for a month here and there, like I can handle that, but not as the way that it is, right? So this is why you really want to limit your non-negotiable wants and to understand super well what's a want versus a need and to learn how to insource your fundamental emotional needs. Because what's going to happen if not is you'll end up leaving or losing a great man, a good man, a a relationship with amazing potential. Because you think it's a non-negotiable want or it's a need that isn't being met. And that, that that's the only way for you to be happy, right? And you'll do it over and over. I mean, I've seen people do this, move from one relationship to the other. So you don't want to overuse non-negotiable wants. And this is why I often don't address this early on because people get confused and call everything (laughs) non-negotiable. Don't do that, please. Right? That's just falling back into forgetting your own agency, your own capacity to bring yourself the things you most need emotionally. When you learn to guide your own feelings, when you develop emotional agency, in other words, you'll realize there's very little you won't negotiate or be willing to not get from your partner because you are happy, satisfied, fulfilled, yeah? And you know you can feel the love you want with this imperfect, fallible human who is your partner. 
You know you can even feel the love and connection even more because of his humanness. But also, know that you are allowed to say no to being with someone who won't deliver on your very biggest non-negotiable wants. Deep wanting of something he can't or won't give is a good enough reason to leave, to say goodbye. But this is key. So really perk your ears for this. Just make sure you want the other thing, the non-negotiable want, so badly that you're willing to give up something you want less, i.e. your partner. For example, if a non-negotiable want for you is having a baby and your partner does not want to have a baby, you want to make sure you want the baby more than you want to stay with the partner you're with. Yeah? Then you'll be able to leave with freedom and peace instead of hurt and resentment. And that's how you know it's a true non-negotiable want. You're willing to give up your partner for that other thing because you want that thing so bad. Non-negotiable wants are the bottom line. They matter more than staying with your particular partner, right? Again, they are desires you do not want to live without. But again, there shouldn't be a giant list. If your list is getting long, again, you're just, it's a sign you're getting confused between wants and needs. And you don't believe you can insource your own needs. You don't know how to meet your own needs. And so if your list is long, it's a sign you need to learn how to meet your own needs a whole lot better. And, and again, that's a beautiful place where coaching with me is just the most powerful thing you might ever do with your entire life. <laughs> so I want to give you an example of, of just a couple of my non-negotiable wants. My husband's support in hanging with the kids so I can have time to myself sometimes. Not all the time, right? But sometimes. So sometimes even in non-negotiable wants, there's room for negotiation, which is fun. (laughs) Uh, Again, what what we've been talking about that I realized this summer was time with my husband, not go, go, going all the time, right? Chill time at home, in other words. Sometimes. In the past, a child, a family was a non-negotiable want. I have that now. (laughs) Uh, for my partner to be willing to raise, to be willing and help raise our kids. I, I, I've heard of marriages where some partners are absolutely clear that they aren't willing to help. That's certainly not something I would ch- ever choose. So having that help is non-negotiable for me. Again, how much, what that looks like, that's a little, that's negotiable. Uh, to be with someone who is faithful. So again, the, the, the room for negotiation in this non-negotiable want is that if there was one mistake made and he really saw it was a mistake and he made amends, I may give another chance, right? But more than that, non-negotiable. I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't want to be with him. Uh, and one more is to be supported. One more of my non-negotiable wants is to be supported to pursue a career that brings meaning to my life. Right? Again, there's a lot of negotiation, room for negotiation, what that looks like there. And I think that's beautiful. It's the beauty of life here with a partner. So that's, that's my primary list of my non-negotiable wants. Now, I want you to keep in mind that all my wants, not negotiable and non-negotiable, are still my responsibility to create, to call in, to make happen, 
this is true for you. Two. So some I can actually give to myself and others I will need to create by asking for. Same goes for you. And that can mean having patience while your partner learns how. Learns how to bring it. Learns how to give it. Yeah? And being patient with yourself as you learn to inspire it from him or effectively communicate about it. And that part's really key. Patience with both of you as you as you grow into this, as you learn how to make this happen. All right. We're going to take the last little bit of this podcast episode and make you your own list of non-negotiable wants. But before we do that, I just want to make sure you're clear on a few things. Your list should be fairly short. And if you haven't listened to the last episode, again, you got to do that before you make your own list. So be careful about making your list too big. If it gets big, notice if you're falling back into confusing wants with needs and believing that to be happy, you have to have this circumstance, this certain thing. Much of the time, as we talked about last episode, it just isn't the case. What you want is the emotion, not the circumstance. Just like when it comes to relationship boundaries, which we've talked about in this podcast, we can usually use a whole lot less of them than we may think at first. Uh, when we've developed the skill of meeting our own emotional needs, of feeling how we want to feel, of insourcing our emotions, we'll realize, you know, we actually don't, there aren't a lot of non-negotiable wants that we actually have. The second thing to really keep in mind is you want to make this list you want to clarify your non-negotiable wants for yourself from a place of self-worth, right? From feeling valuable, from seeing yourself as good and deserving. And again, not better than anyone else, but but just good and worthy of what you want. So let's actually get you there a little bit more right now before you make your list. Now, if you're not in a place where you can do a little process, pause the the episode and come back to this. It's just going to be a few minute little process, but I really want you to be able to really do this. So don't do this while you're driving. Okay. I want you to call to mind a time you felt really good about yourself. Maybe it was when someone was telling you or showing you how much they appreciate and love you. Maybe it was a time you did something that like, like, I think for highly sensitive people, it can be like we did something lovely for someone else, right? And we are just like, oh, I know that made a difference in their lives and we feel really good about ourselves. So I want you to call up a time like that and I want you to notice, this is the most important part, what that felt like. It may just be easier for you to be like, what does it feel like to feel really good about myself? The point is right now to let yourself feel that. Noticing what that feels like in your body. What sensations are there? What does your heart center feel like? Does your body feel open and expansive? What do you notice when you feel good about yourself? And once you feel that feeling and you're really in it, I want you to ask yourself, what are 
a few of my biggest desires that I do not want to live without in my marriage, in my life. And take a little time to get that down on paper. And you can pause this again to do that. Once you have your list, double check it by asking yourself, do I want this thing so badly that I'm willing to give up my partner if he won't or can't do this for me? Often the answer will actually be no if you're really honest with yourself. And if the answer is no, I want you to understand that's just like na- that thing that you had on your list was is a want, yes, but it's not a non-negotiable want. It's not something you can't live without. It is something you can live without. Or something you can work to kind of insource and bring yourself emotionally. Right? Like the, the, the feeling that you think you'll get when you have that thing, that's the need and that's the thing you can actually bring yourself when you learn how. So once you've double checked your list like that, maybe you found there's only one or two or three things that are non-negotiable for you. Awesome job at being clear and clarifying all those for yourself. Knowing your non-negotiable wants along with really valuing yourself enough to get to work to bring these things, your wants and your needs into your life and marriage will allow you to be powerfully effective at actually bringing them into your life, right? At inviting your partner to help bring them in with so much more love, with so much more integrity and so much more power. That's was completely my experience this summer. I was able to talk about my non-negotiable wants with my husband in a very loving way that felt very in integrity with with who I want to be and and in a very influential, powerful way with him. Um, And that's why I have no doubt like that we're going to going forward, we are going to I am going to have that non-negotiable want met because he ended up wanting to make that a priority. So as you also get clear on these non-negotiable wants and build in more and more self-worth, self-valuing, you're also going to be able to invite them in from your partner with with all this love, with this integrity and, and so much power. And you know what a relationship built on all of that feels like? The most honest, connected, respectful and genuinely loving relationship you can imagine and that my friend is what I want for you (sighs) so I hope this episode has been helpful I know I gave you a lot it's it's a kind of um there's a lot to this topic and there's a lot of work uh, that can need to take place inside of us to really be able to get to this place where you really can be calling these into your life and having this kind of relationship where they are getting met and you feel fulfilled and so satisfied and ultimately just like really good in your marriage. And so I want to remind you that I am here for you to do this work one-on-one with you if you know that that would really help. One of the most powerful things about coaching is that you know, you have all these ideas like intellectual understandings, which I'm offering you here on this podcast, but actually integrating them into your life and making them actually a true 
part of your life that you act out, that you live out in your marriage is is not always as easy. <laughs> and so in coaching, we really get to work to apply and make, uh, make it so that you're living all of this, which is really how you're going to bring about the changes that you want and feel uh, all the love, the connection, all the good things that you're wanting in your marriage. And not just temporarily, but for like ongoingly for your lifetime together. So I have, again, like just a couple open spots before the end of the year. You want to get on it now. If you have interest, uh, you can set up a consult by going to the links in the show notes or heading over to www.lifeisworthloving.com and you'll find a spot that says work with me or set up a consult. You'll find spots to do that. All right, my friends, be oh so well. <laughs>